The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the Whistler While You Retire podcast with Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. I'm Patrice Sikora. This is Tim's inaugural episode, and it's one I always enjoy because in it, we will learn more about Tim from Tim. And what better place to start than at the beginning? Tim, how did you get into this business in the first place? <laughs> well, hey, Patrice, that's a great question. You remember back when all the madness of Y2K was going on mm -hmm. and everybody thought everything was just going to come to a crashing <laughs> halt? Well, the uh, inspiration to get into, the, into this business happened for me shortly after Y2K. The year 2000 was marked by two major events, um, one jubilation, one complete devastation, and it was seeing the witness or witnessing the first um, first child being born for Rhonda and I, to, our, oh. to Rhonda and I, our son. Uh, he was born in February. And then shortly thereafter in June, watching my mother take her last breath and die and pass away of cancer at 52. And, you know, going through that, those two events caused me to really pause and, and look at life through a different lens. You know, just life is so short, it's fragile. I had no idea, you know, something like that was ever going to happen. Nobody did. My mom was really relatively in good health. And it was really up to that point when Cameron was first born that uh, she was in good health, never sick a day in her life. And all of a sudden she just was not feeling well and goes into the doctor. Next thing you know, she's got cancer and she passed in June of 2000. And at that time, you just kind of reflect on life very quickly. And so I started kind of looking at different things, looking at it differently, thinking, okay, if, if my time on earth is, is going to be like my mother's, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I was 31 at the time and, and thought maybe I shouldn't just really focus on making a living, but maybe, you know, how could I focus maybe on making a difference? Mm -hmm. So kind of started looking at different things and I had no complaints about where I was at in corporate America. I was climbing the corporate ladder and really relatively enjoyed what I did for a living. I wouldn't say I was really fulfilled by it, but I was content with it. And then, like I said, that, that moment with my mom passed and I thought, you know what, I'm going to kind of look at things a little bit differently. So I started looking in a different way in which I could, again, try to be relevant, try to make a difference in the lives of, of people. And so I started uh, working on my licenses, started building my practice while I was still working full-time in the corporate position. Just started building pretty steadily over the next few years. And I transitioned the agency into a full-time position in March of 2004. And thankful to say I've been here ever since. That's a pretty intense story, having the birth of a child and the loss of a parent. That's pretty intense. It was. Yep. And it really, truly was. And, and it was one of those things where it's just like, goodness, I mean, really life is that precious and fragile. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the result of my mother's passing really didn't financially impact my dad. He could have been a little bit better off. And that was another thing that really kind of inspired me to look at things differently. My mom was a stay at home mom and she helped raise my, my younger sister and I. And while my dad worked, he was an electrician for Caterpillar here mm -hmm. where we're at in Morton, Illinois the decision was made a few years before my mother's passing that her life policy should be canceled. It really wasn't a need for it anymore. I think that kind of came with the advice of quote unquote, a professional. And of course, you know, at, at that time of life, that wasn't my decision. That's between my mom and dad and that's fine. But I kind of just thought, well, 
that probably wasn't the best recommendation to have made, even though, you know, my, my parents were now empty nesters. Mm -hmm. There's still some value that my mother had with my father financially. And why cancel something like that? Cause we just don't know when that's going to happen. So I kind of took that as a recommendation saying, you know, I can't turn back the hands of time to help my mom and dad, but maybe I can take that experience and help other people understand the, the importance of having the right things in place. Cause again, we just don't know. And with that thought, who, who do you work with? What is your specialty? I would say that my specialty is, is really focusing on helping people avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement and not even in retirement. I kind of pause when I say that because it really just in life. And so, so I kind of work with, I would say the majority of my clients are, are close to or already in retirement. So baby boomers. And then I also work with the other age group that I call Henry's, the high earners, <laughs> not rich yet. You know, right. the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the folks that are 20, 30, 40 years away. Cause again, you know, a lot of the regret that a lot of people have in retirement is, you know, I wish I'd have started sooner and, and I, and I agree, but we all can look back with 2020 hindsight and wish we'd have done something a little bit differently. So I kind of really help folks identify and address the major risks that they will face in retirement. And again, another thing that I do is, is I'm a Medicare broker. So I, I've been been a Medicare broker, started that right after I opened the practice in, in 2005. And so I help those folks understand, you know, the foreign language of Medicare. So again, just trying to help them select the, the best option that fits for them. Do you have an ideal client? I really kind of do. I, I would say that when I look at my, the clients that I work with, I really kind of look for a client, I guess, who's looking to enjoy their desired retirement. So in other words, what I mean by that is whether somebody is already retired or if they're approaching retirement, our conversation is geared around their values and their plans for retirement. You know, everybody's a little bit different. So I, I love those initial conversations that I have labeled as get acquainted. And that's truly what it is. I've got a, a pen and paper and, uh, you know, they, they, they may or may not have their statements with them, but it's just basically a conversation of saying, okay, describe for me where you've been, where you're at, and where do you want to go? Because retirement is a little bit different for everybody. You know, and, and I always kind of remind everybody that we're all going to leave a legacy. What type of legacy do you want, we want to live? You know, some folks are like, you know what? We've had the conversation with our kids. We're going to spend our money and enjoy our money and, and whatever's left over they get. That's perfectly fine. Other people are like, no, we really, we struggle kind of early on in our lives and we want to help our kids not to go through the same thing. So we want to make sure they get X amount of dollars. You know, again, so everybody can choose what type of legacy that we're looking for. But when it comes to retirement, the clients that I'm usually working with, they usually bring it up early on in the conversation that they're like, you know what, Tim, we're kind of at the stage of our lives where we really kind of want to be more concerned about preserving assets, maybe as opposed to taking on any more risk for the potential of higher returns. Mm -hmm. So I would say this is a good fit for me because I help them understand that there's an ROI that few people even know that exists. For example, you know, during our working years, we reside in what's called the accumulation phase. And during that phase of life, we're basically working, saving, and focus on just trying, you know, trying to raise the kids, pay off the house, you know, get towards that wonderful time frame of retirement. And that ROI that we focus in is what we call return on investment. We just want those investments to grow, whether it be a 401k, whether it be a Roth. But when we transition into retirement, we also transition into a different phase known as the distribution phase. So now we're taking withdrawals from our investment accounts. So with that, there also needs to be a transfer of focus from the ROI of return on investment to reliability of income. 
-hmm. still an ROI, but the ROI mm -hmm. needs to change to reliability of income because retirement is not about assets. It's all about income. We have to be able to create sustainable sources of income to really have that wonderful retirement that we've all envisioned of having. And that's usually who I uh, look to help. How do you acquire new clients? Well, if it, if it could be tried, I've probably, or can be done, I've probably tried it over the number of years. I mean, the, the different <laughs> types of advertising and marketing that I've, that I've tried, I would say probably the, the one that I've, has really provided a phenomenal return for me has been radio advertising. And here locally, we've got a, a great talk radio station that's aired out of Peoria. It's got a great footprint. And I've been conducting radio ads as well as some, an occasional Saturday show with them for a number of years. Also, I'm all about education and, and workshops. So now obviously moving forward with the whole social distancing thing, I'm not sure when we'll have community events again, if ever. So now we kind of transition, transition over to the webinars, but between seminars and workshops and webinars, as well as referrals, having my agency grow organically from clients who I've earned their trust and confidence and they're, and they're comfortable enough of sharing my name with other people as well to the wonderful world of referrals. And that's another way in which I attain and acquire new clients. And you mentioned education. What kind of client education do you do? Well, I, I try to come from the standpoint of th this is not a, you know, if you've ever been to a, a timeshare presentation, oh yeah, <laughs> th this is not that. Right? <laughs> There's not going to be a close. There's not going to be all this pressure at the end. This is simply, you know, hey, we're going to talk about this subject. We're going to talk about a couple of options that are there. We're going to talk about some pros and cons. And, and it's simply coming from the element of education. So workshops I've done in the past, I've, I've done some on social security. You know, how do we maximize the social security benefit? Should we turn it on early? Should we wait till full retirement? Should we delay it? What about pension maximizations? You know, we know that pensions are slowly fading away, but for people who are still employed with companies where they will have an option for a pension at retirement, do we base it on a single life? Do we bring in our spouse? If so, how much do we take? So it really, truly is those types of educational events that I conduct. And I also, um, I utilize a, a resource where we've got some emails that'll go out pretty frequently. I try not to overwhelm people or anger them with too much <laughs> content from me. But the, you know, the emails are just good conversation pieces. Just, again, just to kind of educate and inform my clients as well as my prospects. Tell me about the people on your team, the, somebody who's backing you up. You know, I, I work with some wonderful resources. I, uh, I, for a number of years, I did have actually an office staff that worked with me, but, but now I kind of made a few adjustments to my practice back in 2017, and, and, uh, but I'm still backed by some top-notch organizations. So being from the fact that I, that I have insurance recommendations as well as investment recommendations, I've got two different types of organizations um, backing me up. And uh, my insurance marketing organization is InsureMark and just a phenomenal group of people, great array of resources that I can choose from, great support from the business development standpoint, just a great group of people that back me up there. And then on the investment side of things, the registered investment advisor firm that I work through is Simplicity Wealth. Again, just a wonderful group of people, you know, just there kind of cheering you on and, and helping you do things and helping you ultimately trying to accomplish creating a solution for a client's problem. All right. What designations um, or maybe some advanced education have you got? Well, I've got a couple right now. The first one that I've got is what they call a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. And uh, that's a CRPC designation. And, and that was offered through the College for Financial Planning that I earned back in 2017. And then I also just recently earned the Certified Financial Fiduciary. 
kind of a big term in, mm-hmm, in this nice. industry and the, the importance of it. And I'm also a candidate right now for two more that I'm currently working on at this very moment. Awesome. That's very nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Now the biggie question here. What is your business philosophy? <laughs> As I put on my professor hat. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I guess, Patrice, what I would say is, you know, I, I would love to be defined as a valuable resource by educating, by counseling, again, just so that my clients can make an informed and educated decisions. It's not so much of them implementing an idea that I shared. It's more of a, a partnership. It's their retirement. It's their values their, that they're looking to accomplish. And if I can help them accomplish that by means of educating and counseling, that's kind of the philosophy that I try to practice. Because again, I have nothing to sell. There's no pressure in a conversation. I don't view what I do as a job. It, this is more of kind of a calling. Because like I said, I kind of alluded to earlier on, you know, the fuel for the passion that I have is, is again, just trying to make a difference while I earn a living. Wow. I was just going to say, well, we're going to transition away from your work, but here you're telling me it's not work for you. <laughs> so let, let's just say we'll we'll transition from that aspect of your life to when you're not working, what do you do for fun, Tim Whistler? <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because in our house, when it comes time to talk about vacations, my wife is usually the one that's bringing it up <laughs> and uh, or the boys, right? And uh, because again, I, I love what I do. I really don't feel like I need a vacation from anything, but yeah, I could maybe dial down the brain waves a little bit. So, you know, when I'm not working and, and working on a case for somebody or getting ready to meet with a, a new client or, or hold a, an educational workshop, my wife is all about working on our home, our house. Uh, she's very talented at what she does. She's just so, so good at it. She's currently a registered nurse. That's what she was doing when I first met her. That's what she did right out of high school. She's got such a wonderful heart and such a compassionate person to help other people. She loves home design, home home improvement. So so I help her out on those projects quite a bit. I love the game of golf. I'm not any good at it, but I enjoy it. Love the challenge of it. I love the the time, you know, out on the golf course with my dad or with my boys and and I'd say family time as well. So, you know, we do sneak away for the occasional break away from life and just kind of have some downtime. Do you have a hero? <laughs> you know, I, I, I definitely do. And mm-hmm. my hero without a question is my father, mm-hmm. because you heard the, the first half of the story with the loss of, of his wife, my mom, back in 2000. And after that, my father, you know, again, he, he was a grandpa for the first time. He's, he's spending time with Ron and I and Cameron, you know, Cameron was just born and Shortly thereafter, my dad started kind of getting out there and started dating again a little bit. You know, he hadn't dated in 32 years. So, he, you know, he's kind of taking it easy when he meets this wonderful lady at a uh, singles golf event that was sponsored by a local church. And she's a golfer. My dad's a golfer. And they hit it off pretty quickly. And they got married in 2002. And Betty had a son and a daughter. And, and they were both married or getting met, ready to get married. And, and then they both had kids later on. And, and so, you know, just our family was just instantly extended through my dad's marriage to Betty. And then again, as we know, when life happens, it usually happens without our permission. 2010, Betty lost a battle with pancreatic cancer. Oh, so, wow. you know, here's my father now having lost two wives and just watching him go through that. You know, I mean, the human emotion to that, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. all the elements, the anger, the why, everything about that. My father never became bitter. I mean, anybody easily could have become bitter. I, I don't know that I could have gone through anything like that without becoming very bitter towards a lot of things, but he, he never really did. And my father's always been a man of an integrity, one of the kindest people you could ever meet. I mean, there's, there's people even today that come up to me and said, you know, I worked with your dad for years at Caterpillar and just he would do anything for you. He always had a smile, always telling a joke. 
Uh, he's just generous. He's full of wisdom. And, and if I could create my, or somebody could define my legacy as being half the, the man that I was as my dad, I, I, I would feel I'd be a successful life. So my father by far is, is truly my hero. Well, you have a lot to live up to there, it sounds like. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> if, Tim, you had all the money in the world, what would you do? <laughs> I, I might conduct a few a few less seminars, possibly. I'm not sure. <laughs> but the, the very first thing that I, that's a great question. I think one thing that really, really kind of bothers me, it's been, as I said, helping these folks at this time of their lives for so many years. And, and I look at the veterans affairs system. And you think about the men and women sacrifice their time, sacrifice their bodies, some sacrifice their lives. These folks and the widows of, of veterans should have access to the ex- absolute best resources that could be offered. And they don't. We have the freedoms today because of the men and women, everybody who served and, and you know, who serve and have served our country. I just, I would love to see that system improve for those folks. So if I had all the money in the world, I'd certainly throw as much to it as, as I could to help improve that. Secondly, I'd also like to throw some money, I think, to the education system. Kids have different thoughts about what they want to do in life, even, even young kids. I mean, you just, you just kind of watch the creativity of kids. You know, I look at our two boys, they're, they're three years of age you know, difference. And they're, you know, they both have my wife and I as their parents, but they're both very unique, as, as most parents can say that about their kids. And I'd love to see an education system that kind of helps kids figure out what they're passionate about and then kind of help them develop that skill set. And uh, if throwing a little bit extra, a few dollars in that would help, I would love to do that. And I guess to close out that, I'd love to RV a little bit. So kind of have a nice diesel pusher to drive around the United States and do a little camping would be great. I must say those are answers that I've not had from uh, other people. But that was, <laughs> no, they are very, very deep and very well thought out answers. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. Do you have a favorite person in history? And if so, why? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that I do. I tell you, I've, I've always been impressed. I remember as a kid when growing up, we uh, one of our family vacations was going out east. And uh, I remember us, remember my father and, and mom taking my sister and I out to uh, Gettysburg and Antietam and, and some of the Civil War locations and battles. And just I've always been intrigued by what Abraham Lincoln, what he did, who he was. Think about, goodness, where we were at as a country back then and the Civil War and slavery and everything that was just going on you know, this guy had the weight of a country on his shoulders and and just the tough decisions he had to make in hopes of benefiting our country. And I just, I just admire that because that could not have been, well, we know what's not easy. I mean, who in the world would even want to have that type of responsibility and and, and how it all came out from that. I just, I just think the man is, is absolutely brilliant what he did and, and just admire everything he did in the time that he was in that position. And thinking of all that, what is your idea of success? I'm a very visual person. I, I, I enjoy setting goals because I, I kind of want to, I learned a long time ago, I, I do a quite a bit of reading. One of the books that I read was called Success is Not an Accident. And it really, it kind of hit me right between the eyes because it talked about, he talked a lot about people who kind of run their own practice as much as that I do, that people that are self-employed, yeah. but there's also some great principles in there for people who are employees of companies. And he just talked about goal setting, building a game plan, and then executing the steps necessary to get there. So, you know, my definition of success comes in from applying that process, either if I'm building a short-term goal or a long-term goal, and that's also both on the personal side of my life as well as professionally. One of my favorite quotes of all time is, a goal is a dream with a deadline. 
So <laughs> if we're going to have that dream come out, we better put a deadline on it. Otherwise, it's just going to be ever, forever be a dream and not ever a goal realized. I like that a lot. Thanks. A lot. And now tell me one thing that most people don't know about you. <laughs> if my speech teachers from high school and college could see what I was doing now, they would be floored. Um, so I would say most people have, have no idea that I was absolutely petrified of public speaking as late as even to my first career in, in corporate America. Even today, I'll admit, I, I have butterflies when I speak to a group of people. I, I would say early on, it was because it's intimidating when you have several pairs of eyes staring at you, trying to measure up what are those eyes saying? Are they saying, you know, impress me? Or are they saying, you better hurry up, I want to be somewhere else? And then today, I would say that the nervous energy is probably just, you know, those folks made an investment of time to attend a webinar online or to attend an in-person event. And I just want to make sure that I deliver a, a message that it's informative, relevant, and hopefully memorable for them. Well, I'll tell you, you speak very well. I don't think any of your teachers should be embarrassed at all for <laughs> well, having good. had you as a student. You, you apparently learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Patrice. All right. What is one thing that you recommend most to clients, families, and friends? One of the things that I had written on one of our office walls years ago was live life with purpose. I just, I think that's, that's such a relevant thing to shoot for. I just think it's a relevant characteristic to have. I mean, if you're working, be the best you can possibly be with your responsibilities, your tasks, your bosses, your coworkers. And when you're on some R&R &R time, forget about work, shut down your brain. Now, this is me speaking to myself as well. I have, this is where I struggle a little bit, but forget about work, shut down your brain enjoy the time with your family and friends and, and take that time to recharge your passion and energy. So again, just kind of going back, have purpose with your life. It doesn't mean you have to be stressed out and constantly, you know, going from here to here, just look with your hair on fire, just, just have purpose in life. And then do you have, oh, I don't know, a mantra, something you say to yourself to stay focused and on track? The, uh, I kind of referenced this earlier. I, I love to do a lot of reading and uh, in, in one of his books, the author Og Mandino references how a mentor was teaching his protege and he teaches him about these 10 scrolls. And the 10 scrolls were short sentences with the intent of helping this pupil with focus. So I love what the 10 scrolls said. So I, I printed those out and I, I cut out the piece of paper and taped it to the picture that's on my wall that faces my laptop that I look at every day. And I kind of just glance over those, those 10 scrolls periodically in the morning as well as throughout the day. So it just kind of helps me stay focused and on track for, again, personal as well as professional life. Well, tell me what one of those is. What is one of one those of, One of them, it, one of that I really, really like is today I will be master of my emotions. Ew. You know, Ew. is that not good? <laughs> that is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, another one is I will persist until I succeed. Another one is I will pray for guidance. I mean, again, you can apply those short, impactful sentences to, hey, I just, I've got this little task on my personal life, or I've got this major project that I'm going to work on with the, the group of my coworkers. I mean, it's just, you know, I will live this day as if it is my last. I mean, it's just, they're so impactful. I just think there's just provides so much power and, and so much passion behind each one. I just, it just kind of follows through with, hey, there is purpose because, you know, Today, I begin a new life and I will greet this day with love in my heart and I will persist until I succeed. I mean, it's just, I just, I love the way he presented that in his book. 
I would like to read this book. Can you tell me about it again, the author? His name is Og Mandino. It's M-A-N-D-I-N-O. Okay. And he wrote several, and they're all really short books, but this particular story came out of the book entitled The Greatest Salesman in the World. All right. We'll look for that. It's a good book. And, and, a, and a good friend of mine from years and years ago, before I ever got into this business, when I was in a corporate America position, he and I developed a good relationship and, and he gave me that book. He goes, this, this book will be impactful no matter what you do in your life. And man, he was spot on. It mm-hmm. was, it's, a, it's a great read. And following on that, what, Tim, is your proudest achievement? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I guess thinking about that, I, I don't know that I would say I guess as much as being proud as I am that I feel like I'm blessed. You know, I'm, I kind of mentioned Rhonda. I'm blessed to have her in my life who supported me for all these years because, you know, she's always been on the sidelines. She's not in the, the training that I'm in. She's not in the conversations that I have. She's on the sideline and I know it's been hard on her. It was, you know, building a practice. You know, when you are, <laughs> you know, when you say goodbye to corporate America, you say goodbye to the salary. You say goodbye to the group benefits and now everything's on you. I mean, from income to health benefits, everything. And uh, so I feel very blessed that that Rhonda has supported me the way she has been through all these years and, and encouraged me and, and allowed me to kind of continue to pursue this practice and just, again, trying to help folks with their different goals. And, and again, I'd say the encouragement that I get from my dad, literally had had lunch with dad today. You know, we, we speak quite often. We have, we get together quite often and, and talk and you know, he's always asking, how are things going? You know, how'd your seminar go? Uh, has anyone new called in from the radio ads? And he did, it's just, it's so, I love how he is engaged because obviously he wants me to be successful and because he knows that in, at the end result, you know, there's, there's lives being changed and, and there's people being improved because of the conversations we've had. So, and I guess too, kind of piggybacking off that, the blessing of, of having earned trust and confidence of so many clients, people who tell others about me, because mm-hmm. Giving out a referral, if a person stops and thinks about this for a second, you give out a referral, it's a big deal. And and I certainly don't take that for granted because let's say, for example, we're going to refer someone we know, a friend of ours to a professional we might work with, like maybe a doctor or a real estate agent, maybe a retirement planner, something like that. That conversation may not go well, you know, and it's all of a sudden now Mm -hmm. we possibly may have jeopardized the integrity of the relationships with our acquaintance as well as the professional we work with. So it's such a wonderful blessing to know that when I receive a phone call or an email from from a person who says, so-and-so said that you're the guy to talk about with this or whatever it is they're trying to solve, that that obviously makes me very proud. But again, I, I think it's just kind of more of a receiving a huge blessing from clients. That's awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tim, right now you have the attention of many people. Who do you hope will be listening to this podcast? Who should listen to this podcast? This type of topic is going to resonate with folks who will want to know if they're on the right track for retirement. I've heard that comment made so many different times from so many first conversations with a prospect. Have we saved enough? When should we turn on social security? I've got these stack of papers from my employer about my pension. Which, how do, which one of these do I select? You know, what assets should we spend first? And of course, the dreaded thought is, what if one or both of us needs extended care? Those are the folks that I think will benefit from the podcast. Those are the types of topics that we are going to hit on regularly. Because very seldom do I see anybody who's done anything, what I would say, wrong with their planning. But what I oftentimes see is I see that their plan is very incomplete. There, there's some gaps that they're being exposed to to some potential challenges. And so I would say people who are about to retire, 
would be a great, uh, hopefully this podcast would be a great resource for them because we will identify and address what I have identified as the five major risks that we face in retirement. I think a, another good resource that this podcast could be is for Medicare. That's a very foreign language to a lot of people. And I have dealt with pretty much everybody from all walks of life, including retired specialists who are like, I don't understand Medicare. My, my, my staff did all the billing. Oh, yeah. What on earth does this mean? And, and what do I choose? You know, and, and we really help educate and help them identify the four parts, the two options, and just kind of help them make the best fit. And as importantly, I don't want to leave out that other group of young adults, the young adults who are in their careers, raising families that are 20 and 30 and 40 years away from retirement. There, there used to be a three-legged stool that represented the primary sources of retirement income. You had your mm-hmm. savings, you had your pension, you had social security. Well, unfortunately, that three-legged stool is it's, it's kind of broken right now, and it's quickly losing relevance to the next generation of retirees. We mentioned pensions are kind of slowly becoming a thing of the past. Social security is tremendously unfunded. So that basically leaves it down to the personal savings that that generation is going to have. So I just encourage those folks as when they, whenever they come across my path, we'll talk about that on the podcast as well. We'll talk about the critical importance of taking steps today to learn not only just how to build resources, but first of all, and I think foremost is building tax-free resources for their retirement success. Tim, how can people reach you? They can reach me pretty easy. I'm, I'm easy to find. They, uh, my, my phone number for my agency is 309-291-0491. And my email is simple as well. It's, it's tim at thewhistleragency.com. Now, unlike the mountain in British Columbia or the famous painting, there's no T in my last name. <laughs> so everybody wants to put that T in there. So the actual, you know, so if they, if they Google me, thewhistleragency.com or send an email. It's my last name is W-H-I-S-L-E-R. And they can certainly, when they go to my website and kind of check out the different resources, they can certainly go through there. And there's also a way in which they can request a meeting from my website as well. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. No T in there, by the way. To subscribe to all of Tim's Whistler While You Retire podcast, just tap the subscribe button on this page. And you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sakora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth, LLC.